This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 445, the work-from-home checklist, schedules, smoothies, and sweatpants. Good morning and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down why remote work is not ideal for everyone, what it takes to excel if you do choose to work from home, and I'll share my personal checklist for making my workdays everything I hoped they could be. Let's get to it. I began working from home eight years ago, well before the pandemic, and I've learned a thing or two about what it means to be productive and to love working from home outside a traditional office. Yes, you need a checklist, especially if you control your entire calendar and your time is your own to decide what to do with. No, working from home is not super awesome all the time, and it's definitely not for everyone. Now, for the episode this week, I want to kind of give a little bit of context to it. I have discussed working from home previously on this podcast, uh, including the last time I discussed it was a conversation with my wife, Tessa, and we broke down what it means to work and thrive from home, especially as a high achiever. Now, the episode this time is going to be a little bit different because we're going to walk through a checklist of what it means to excel with these specifics, the day-to-day nitty-gritty of what it means to do the little stuff that adds up to big success over time. Now, the context I want to provide here beyond that is the fact that I have just recently reshifted back to a very... Uh, ideal setup for working from home. And I say ideal because for the last six months, I have been at home with an infant daughter. My daughter, Rosie, was unable to get into a daycare because the Nashville daycare scene is crazy. (laughs) There's no infant daycares available where I live. Uh, We did finally find a daycare for her, so now she is further away than we'd like her to be, but she has somewhere to go. Uh, My point saying that is that for the last six months, I have had one of the craziest work-from-home scenarios I've ever imagined. Right? I said for eight years now I've been working from home. That's true. And for seven and a half of those years, I had what I wanted for the most part. But the last six months were a definite exception to that policy. I want to say all this because you may not have what I'm going to describe today. Your scenario, your home life, your situation with kids or spouses or pets or neighborhoods, all of these things can vary uh, person to person, day to day, season to season of life. And so what we're going to walk through today is essentially the philosophy behind what it means to be intentional and to walk through what it means for you now to optimize where you are now so that you can get to that place as in the best way possible, right? An ideal or a perfect scenario is just that. It's an ideal, right? No day is going to be perfect, but there's a lot you can do to make your working from home scenario way better. And that's what we want. So for me, in the last few days, I've been working from home while my daughter is in daycare, my other daughter is at school, my wife is at work. My dog did pass away a few months ago. And so what I have now is a probably a traditional work-from-home scenario where it's just me in the house. 
right now it is dead silent in my house. I haven't heard silence in such a long time. Like, this is a weird thing. (laughs) It's really cool. And so I want to say that also because when you're doing any kind of work that matters, you want to have the ideal environment for that work. And we don't always get that. But when we do, we can treasure it. We can optimize it. We can get more value from it. And that's what I want for you. If you choose to work from home, if you choose to have remote work, or if you are unable to work in an office and working from home is just who you are now and who you will be going forward, well, then let's make that awesome. Let's make it fun. Let's make it productive, of course, but let's get the most value we can from the fact that we are in our house and we're not putting on a suit and tie and going to an office like we all used to do, or maybe you didn't before, but like I used to do. And I'm very glad I'm not there anymore. And so this is a good thing. And it can be a really great thing. But let's walk through what it means to make this work for you. So before we get to the checklist this week on how to actually optimize your work from home lifestyle, let's first discuss why remote work or working from home is not ideal for everyone. Because it's not. Working from home is a different beast. Like I mentioned before, I've done this now for eight years, and before I worked from home, I had regular nine-to-five day jobs, and what my goal was for years was to build a side business so that one day I could quit my job, work full-time as an entrepreneur, and work from home. That was my goal the whole time. Now, as it turns out, what ended up happening was I did build a side business, I got laid off from my last day job, and when the layoff took place... I chose right then and there to make that my leap forward into entrepreneurship and to work from home full time. It was a risk. (laughs) It was a lot on the line there. Financially, it was very crazy, but I managed to pull it off. And so if you have found yourself in that line of work where you are an entrepreneur and your time is your own, your business is your own, your income is dependent upon you 100%, that's part of the story of working from home and choosing how you want to work. The other side of the coin is finding remote work, finding work from home jobs and having a traditional nine to five job, but doing so on your own schedule and at your house. Either way, if you're going to be at home, you are in control of your time in such a different way than if you're going to a traditional office. So remote work right away requires self-direction and autonomy and discipline. You're in control of your calendar. You're in control of your task list. You control your distractions. You decide how disciplined you're going to be to do the work required. Now, some employers or situations may have some sort of, you know, guardrails or boundaries built in to kind of force you to do certain things at certain times. Those do exist, and that may be helpful for you. But if your time is your own 100%, that's tough. It's not what you think it is. When I first made the leap to working from home eight years ago, it was amazing at first. I was so, so excited. I was every single day was just like a a vacation for me and not because I was just taking time off. I was working constantly, but I loved the work that I was doing and I was doing as much of it as I possibly could. It was a really great season for me. But that honeymoon phase does wear off. You may have experienced that during COVID and with the pandemic. However, that was a very different scenario than traditional remote work. When the whole world is shut down, that's not the same thing. 
there's a lot of similarities to it, but that was a very different beast. And so if you are now post-pandemic making the decision to work from home and you want to optimize that, you still need the self-direction. You still need the discipline. You still need those systems in place to get the most value from your time. The second key piece of this is that remote work is isolation central. You're by yourself. There's no one around. Like My house is empty right now. I'm talking to a microphone against a wall in my home office. There's no one here to hear me. Like You're hearing this as a podcast recording probably months after the fact that it was recorded, but I'm talking to no one right now. I'm in my house by myself. It's weird if you're not used to that kind of alone time and you require active social activity and you want to talk to other people. It's a weird thing to want to optimize working from home where you can't have that face-to-face time and you want to maintain that indefinitely. That's a personal choice you're going to have to make. And if you do not thrive in that environment, if that's not for you, then find work that is for you. Find a lifestyle that fits you. The episode this week is about people who have already made the decision that remote work is for them or they want to try it out and do better with it. So if that's you, We're now going to move forward to actually build this checklist and optimize your work from home system. So recently, I just finished rebuilding my own work from home checklist, right? As soon as my daughter, Rosie, found herself in daycare and I found myself back in my house by myself, fully in control of my time, the very first day I made a checklist. I mean, I love lists. You probably know that if you know this podcast well. Lists help me to figure out what to do and when to do it and and why to do it. I love to write things down, make a list, and work through it. I, I love productivity in general for that reason, but when you make a big life shift, like working from home for the first time or for me to work from home again for the second time, there's an opportunity there to be intentional, to make a list because it's going to help you to identify what to do and what not to do and how to do it better, and how to improve over time. Checklists are your best friend. And I want you to really kind of embrace what that means, especially when you have the autonomy to control your life. You're going to need that level of purpose-driven activity, which you will not get if you just haphazardly walk through your day hoping that things will just work themselves out. I've been there. Right When I was in reactive mode the last six months taking care of a baby and my house and my other child and all the chaos of trying to manage a business simultaneously, I was in survival mode, very clearly just reacting to my environment all the time. Number one, that's exhausting. Number two, it's not productive or fulfilling. You feel frazzled, you feel out of control, and you actually produce a lot less and you feel a lot worse. It doesn't work. What you need is a checklist and a system and a plan. So we're going to begin this checklist with number one of the preparation to decide how you want your day to flow, which I'm going to begin because this is the five of miracle podcast with when you wake up, I choose to wake up early, even though I don't have to, even today, I still choose to wake up early because I know the benefits that I get from that. And so this is your chance also to decide what that means for you. Your employer may decide your work schedule and you may have an actual clock in time, even remotely, but you still may be able to choose to wake up early and that could be a really good thing. 
So this first part of preparation is going to require you to decide when you're going to wake up and what your morning routine will look like planned on paper in advance. This is where the 5A miracle kicks in, where your main activity can be the first thing you do when you first wake up. I tend to choose exercise, but you could do a work project or a personal project. Uh, The point here is that you wake up on purpose and you do something that is important to you for the very first thing of your day. If you have a schedule that requires a daycare drop-off or an errand to run or something like that also, that is part of your routine and you'll figure that out with your calendar. Uh, But then you'll be back at the house ready to begin your own personal morning routine. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, to back this up for just a second, uh, the way that I view my day as a work-from-home guy is the before, the during, and the after. And the before time, the preparation time, the morning routine time is extremely important for one very obvious reason, which is that I want to do all the things I possibly can to set me up to excel once the official workday begins. And yes, there is an official start time. And that's an important part of this whole procedure as well, is that it's not just randomness. There's intentionality baked into the entire process. So your personal morning routine may begin when you first wake up and it flows through until the actual workday starts. That's the most common perspective here. So whether or not you're doing a workout or working on a project or doing daycare drop-offs or errands or chores or whatever it may include for you, the point is, is that you are intentional about what that process is all the things it could include, and how that adds up to you starting your workday ready to work. Now, one part of this process that I've recently improved for myself is not just the have the morning coffee or get dressed for the day components, but specifically getting my office ready. I'm putting office in quotes here because my office is essentially my entire house. Because as someone who is working at home by himself, Technically speaking, yes, there is a room that I work in. That's my home studio slash home office, but the entire house is available to me. And so my perspective is I take a much bigger view of the house is my domain throughout the day. And I want to start work knowing that the house is ready. It's at a zero point. 
And by zero, I mean equilibrium zero, the concept I discussed previously in this podcast and my other books, uh, which is getting to a point where you are ready to begin the next activity, that whatever it is you've done is finished out, it's zeroed. So for me, what that means is, is preparation for the workday is I do the dishes, I pick up the house, I make the bed, I set my alarm for the next day. I go through and make sure that the entire house looks good, it's organized, things are put away. Therefore, those things won't distract me. The whole point of getting to zero before your workday begins is to avoid distraction. So I'm looking for all the things that could throw me off as the day begins, and I want to make sure those are addressed before I start work. Because if I can't avoid distraction, I can optimize focus and get more done. That's the whole process. All of this, the preparation, the checklist, it all adds up to blocking distractions and improving focus. That's the goal. So your particular morning routine and preparation for your day will be a different checklist than mine, but it will include these same main activities. Your wake-up time, your first main activity, any errands or chores you're going to do, the specific choices you make around your food, your breakfast, your coffee, your teas, all of those preparation activities to add up to starting your workday. So now let's fast forward to step two, which is actually beginning your workday with one particular focus, and that is focus. So the very first thing that I do in my home office is I make sure the office is ready for work. That's all the lights on, the temperature set, my calendar and task list and email are all reviewed for the day so I know what's coming. That way I can prep myself for what this day is going to include. Now, this may be something you do already uh, throughout the day to make sure your calendar is set, your task list, your email. But those are the very first things that I do because I want to double check that the calendar I had set for today is still applicable. One thing that's true about me is that my calendar is extremely flexible. I'm very intentional with my time. But I'm also very aware that real life is messy. And so my first activity has to be reviewing what's about to happen because I'm always going to make changes to my plan that I made yesterday and the day before. And the last review that I did last week, all of those things were planning ahead for now. But when now shows up, life is different. <laughs> things change. And so the flexibility has to be built into what this day could include. Now, the cool part is because I work from home by myself without distractions, generally speaking, my calendar can be my own, which means I may have more opportunity to do things better or more efficiently or add more things in if I want to. But this is where you have to really know yourself well. You still need to under plan your day. I review my calendar to make sure that I know what my top three things are to get done and that those three things get done first. This is a strategy I've discussed before in this podcast. Um, actually, I discussed this in an interview once uh, where I was talking about how I added in this little whiteboard onto my desk where I write down my top three things for the day, top three goals that I want to achieve in my workday. So when the workday begins, that's where I'm focused. That's what I'm trying to get done is those three things, and then we'll do the rest. Now, what those three things are may change as the day progresses, but I need to start on purpose with a plan that makes sense. So your preparation to get into your focus day, what well, starts with knowing what are today's priorities and here's the list and then you can begin. 
And also along those same lines, if we back up just a bit, looking at the bigger calendar for your week, I have theme days applied to my various work days. So yes, I plan my calendar in advance, and I'm not randomly doing nonsense when the calendar shows up. Instead, what I'm doing is working in batches, so my theme days could include podcasting on one day, I'll have meetings on another day, I'll have financial work or pre-planning on another day, whatever the case is. You create your theme days and your batches to make sure that the work is intentional and it's grouped together intelligently. Now, these batches and theme days could flex and could change, but you go in with that plan to make sure your time is optimized. Now, the next element of working from home is going to be crafting an ideal environment. I mentioned lighting, which I like to have lots of lights on. I mentioned temperature. I have my temperature down as cold as possible. I love my little AC unit in my home office uh, to keep this place chilly. Beyond that, though, I have ideal music as well. Now, I start my days off with high-energy music to pump me up. That means anything that's high-energy, techno, rock, I mean, you name it. I want to start the day off with as much, like, let's get this thing going as possible. But as the actual work kicks in, I turn that stuff off and I go to focus music. I use Brain.fm as my main focus music service. Um, I have other tracks as well on my computer that I pull from. But I'm looking for music that's not distracting and, in fact, will cause me to focus better. Uh, This is extremely powerful. I have used music as a tool for productivity for so many years and is a vital aspect of how I work. And I can do this when I'm working at a coffee shop or if I travel and want to work in a hotel room, I bring the focus music with me and it just taps me into, okay, now's the time to get work done. Here we go. And so if you don't utilize focus music, this is your chance to do so because working from home, it can be whatever you want it to be. So why not make it optimized for you doing your best work? So find the music that works for you. Uh, you might prefer silence and you can try that as well. I kind of go back and forth on that between having some sound or none at all. But you tend to let that be the best it can be for you and try different music tracks, different music genres, whatever allows you to get your best stuff done. Now let's shift to more of the technical setup of your actual home office itself. So assuming that you have the calendar in place, then you've planned your theme days, you've got your lighting, your music, your temperature, where are you actually working? I ask that question because you may have an actual home office or you may be at a kitchen table. You may be somewhere that's not necessarily as formal or official as a workspace, but I would encourage you to build one if you don't have one. If working from home is going to be the norm for you going forward or it has been for a long time, you either want to build a home office or optimize the one that you're in. Years ago, I chose a standing desk as one of the ways that I want to get the most value from the space that I work in. Uh, Back at episode 363 of this podcast, I broke down how I built my standing desk and what the setup looks like now. Uh, If you want to dig into more of that, definitely do so because there is so much value from standing as you work. I'm doing so right now as I record this podcast and every episode of this show, standing is a powerful thing to bring you more energy and more focus throughout the day. Now, the actual standing desk I'm using now is very different than the one that I used to have for many years. And when the pandemic first kicked in, I rebuilt my entire home studio. I really took it seriously to make this space something special for me. And you can see a photo of that in the show notes page this week at jeffsanders.com slash 445, or you can go to jeffsanders.com slash podcast studio. 
that link will take you to a list of all the gear that I use for podcast recording, video production, voiceover, but it also includes the basic tools that I use to work from home. The actual desk that I'm using right now to stand at, uh, the computer I use, the monitor, all of these components and all the tech gear that is required to do the work from home thing at the highest possible level. I take my tech really seriously. I have the fastest possible computer that I need for my job. I have the fastest possible internet that I can possibly buy here in Nashville. Uh, I have a high quality webcam. I have all the things that would optimize my work so that when it comes time to actually do my job, I can do so in the best way that I can do it. Now, I'm a content creator. I'm a podcaster. I do a lot of work that involves content creation, video production, audio production. So I personally need a lot of specific gear for that kind of work. Your job may not require hardly any of that, but I'm sure it requires you actually using a computer of some kind and you know being involved with technology in a number of ways. Whatever the tech is that you need for your job, get the best tech you can. It makes a huge difference. Like there are so many, I don't know, experiences in my life, uh, uh, wasted time periods in my life where I've looked back and I knew that I was fighting the tech, that there were distractions that came not just from me looking at a social media site, but the distraction came from the fact that the gear I was using wasn't optimized. It was broken. It was glitchy. It required tech support and troubleshooting. If you are banging your head against the wall all day because of nonsense like that, fix those problems. Get them out of your way. You know, one thing that I love my studio now is that everything here just works. In fact, I made a list that I call tech that just works, which is a list of all the tech that I use in my entire home life and business so that I know what all the tech is and I acknowledge which areas are not the best and then I focus on improving it. The tech is a big deal because it's the foundation for how the work gets done for most people if you are a knowledge worker, which is the most common type of work for working from home. You're going to need that foundation set. And once it is, oh, it's wonderful. Everything is, it just works. And that's what you want. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply.
And speaking of tech that just works, when tech works really well, it can be extremely distracting. <laughs> when it works poorly, it's distracting. When it works well, it can do the exact same thing, which is why you need guardrails, like we discussed in the episode last week, boundaries that will block you from not using the tech that would pull you away from your job. So I use an app called Freedom. You can find that at freedom.to that allows you to block websites, including social sites or news sites or gambling sites or anything that you might look at throughout the day that would pull you away from your job. Uh, I've installed this app on all of my computers, phones, every device that would distract me during the day. Um, Sometimes you can go so far as to delete social apps from your phone, whatever it takes to acknowledge where you're distracted and to block those distractions. Freedom is great. You can customize all kinds of lists and really make it your own. So I encourage you to do that because there is so much to be said about complete focus, having your mind set on one thing and digging into it deeply. You're not going to get the quality of deep work if you're pulled away by distractions like websites that are just designed to pull you away. So now let's assume that your technology is in place, your distractions are blocked, you're at your standing desk, your music is going, your calendar has theme days. It's now time to actually do the work. And when I do my work, I use focus blocks of time. My FBOTs are the core of how all of my time is scheduled, which means when I start a focus block of time, I start a timer, I work to the clock, and I get that one task completed. Recording this podcast is an example of a focus block of time, as well as many other activities where one singular activity is taking place. Those are the best kinds of activities for focus blocks. So your day is going to be structured by a variety of focus blocks, depending on the work that you're trying to do. But the intention here is to take that focus part seriously. When that happens and you do one task at a time and you give your full attention to it, the quality goes up, the quantity goes up, you get more work done faster and it's better. There's a lot to be said about focus, but that is a really important part of working from home. So now let's assume that your work is getting done in these focus blocks. We want to power through our day with the best possible energy to get the most value from that time, which means we need to have the best food, nutrition, and hydration to make that possible. What I tend to do on most days is I start my day off with water, supplements, coffee, and tea. That's all that I consume before I have my lunch. So I don't have a traditional breakfast. I tend to fast until then by only having things like black coffees and teas and water. That tends to work really well for me to allow food to not be a distraction. Yes, lunchtime will have a break set aside my calendar, which is wonderful and helpful. But there are so many days where I also don't have a lunch in that very normal sense. What I tend to do is pack a produce bag. Now, a produce bag is exactly what you think it is. It is a bag filled with fruits and vegetables. Now, yes, I'm a vegan and have been for many years now. Actually, it's about 12 years now. And so fruits and vegetables are my entire life. So I want to make sure that I'm getting the best possible food for me throughout the day and that the food is not a distraction, but it's also not going to be a reason to lower my energy and make me feel worse. Food is fuel. Food should be part of the solution to feel better and get more value from your time. And so for me, that's all that it really needs to be, which means I try to avoid having a really large lunch. I might have a big smoothie or a salad or something that provides more energy and then does not make me feel worse afterwards. 
If you're having the afternoon slump and you want to avoid it, lean on produce. More smoothies, more salads, more water. That will be so, so big for you, especially if working from home allows you the opportunity to choose your own foods that you've probably purchased at a grocery store and you brought home from there. Well, you get to choose what that food is and you're not reliant upon whatever food is nearby your office because the food is in your kitchen, in your house, and you're right there. So be intentional at the grocery store and buy the healthiest foods you can so when the workday begins, you simply pack that produce bag and you bring it into your office. Done. Now all of a sudden, the food is no longer a distraction and in fact, it's part of your solution to be healthier and more productive. Now, in addition to standing desks and lots of hydration and healthy food, you will need breaks throughout the day. Uh, Working from home is a great chance to walk around the block or the neighborhood, listen to podcasts like this one or audiobooks. Really just the opportunity to say, I'll take a break away from the work in order to build up more energy for the next focus block. That's the whole point. A mental break away so when you come back to the work, you feel better than ever. So in a nutshell, that's what the workday would look like. You had your prep time to prepare for the workday and then the focus blocks of time throughout the day optimized by things like more produce, standing desks, optimal music, temperature, lighting, etc. After all that is said and done and your workday is going to wrap up and come to a close, there's another chance to be intentional yet again. The way that you end your workday is extremely important. What you want to be able to do is review the day's progress very quickly and make a quick plan for tomorrow, updating your calendar and optimizing it to make sure that you learn some lessons from today you can then apply to tomorrow. Um, I do this in a bigger scale with a weekly review, but you can do a mini daily review as well, which is really powerful and very helpful. And one thing that I've added to my own review process at the end of each day is another activity that allows me to end the day feeling healthy, which is specifically a Wim Hof breathing session. Um, I've discussed Wim Hof before in the show, but Wim's powerful breathing techniques have a really profound effect for me specifically at the end of the workday. There is such a stress relief that comes from doing super deep breathing or other forms of meditation or mindfulness uh, that allows you to kind of mentally wrap up the day, to feel like I just did great work. I now get to let it go, let the stress go, and prepare myself for the rest of my evening before tomorrow begins. I have found the Wim Hof breathing sessions to be very helpful as the last activity of my workday. And specifically, I'm doing this while I'm by myself in my house so that it's even more focused and profound for me because I'm not going to be distracted by someone else. And so if you have the opportunity to do some form of meditation or mindfulness or breathing practice, I would say at the end of a workday is a great time to do it specifically to de-stress and let the day go. I love that. I, I'm, I'm very bad historically at doing meditation, uh, but for some reason, this practice is working for me. And so if you've not found success before with meditation or mindfulness, uh, give this a shot. Uh, there's a lot of power to just sitting and breathing in a way that breathes life back into you. Uh, so try that out. So at this point, with your review of the day completed, some mindfulness practice there, you've now clocked out for the day. Your work day is over. But you may still be at your house, which is the point of working from home. One thing that I have seen to be extremely helpful is to leave my house at the end of the day. 
You know, one thing that you miss with working from home is the commute time. Most people hate their commutes. The idea of driving through traffic sounds like torture and honestly kind of is. And so when the opportunity pops up to avoid that commute in traffic, it sounds glorious. And yes, there's a lot of stress that comes from the commute, but there's also a lot of power to it because the commute acts as a very clear boundary of in the morning, I leave the house and it separates me and says the personal life is now done for the morning and the work life begins. Well, at the end of the day, the same thing happens in reverse. The work day is over. I can return to my personal life in the evening. Well, if you work from home, the personal time and the work time is one big messy blah. It's just the whole day feels like one big blob if you're not careful. If there are not boundaries in place, working from home will backfire. It will not feel successful or productive or fulfilling. It will feel like one big messy nonsense where you forget what day it is. Yes, that does happen. You will lose track of time because everything feels the same. And in order to avoid that, you have to be intentional about getting out of the house on purpose. Uh, Fortunately for me, my daughter is in daycare, and so I go pick her up at the end of the day. I take her to the gym, and we have the chance to get out of the house every single afternoon. And then from there, we can have dinner and end the day at home. But there's something so powerful about leaving the house every single day and going somewhere. If you're a homebody and you love your house and this is not an issue for you, that's fine. But if you're the kind of person who's realized over time that every day feels the same as every other day and I'm always at my house, leave your house. (laughs) Get out. Go intentionally schedule evening activities, morning activities, uh, daily coffee meetings, whatever it takes to say, yes, I work from home. That is true. But what that really means is I get to control where I am when I want to be wherever I am. So do that. Be intentional and leave the house on a regular basis. And speaking of being intentional, uh, the last point that I'll make this week has to do with fun. You know, it's wonderful to be intentional about productivity and about focus and about work. uh, But when you work from home, there is one thing that you may have heard of before, which is scope creep or work creep, which is not being creepy. Uh, What it means is, is that you tend to work more and more and more because of a lack of boundaries, because there is no morning and evening commute. You can work all the time, and so you might end up doing that. And one thing beyond boundaries that I have found to be extremely helpful for avoiding that tendency is to intentionally build in fun. I don't want my days to feel blah or feel the same as every other day, and I also don't want to work 24-7. And so I definitely set boundaries in place, but I also intentionally plan fun activities. Yes, the fun music. Yes, the walk breaks. Yes, the trips to the gym with my daughter. Yes, morning trail running. I incorporate as many things as possible to make my day fun. I intentionally bought a lava lamp for my home office. I bought bouncy balls to have in here at all times. I'm going out of my way to incorporate fun things that make me smile because I don't want this to feel like drudgery. I want this to feel fun. Working from home can be great. It really can be an exciting part of your life. You don't want working from home to backfire on you. So be intentional about making it the best it can be. And if that means boundaries, if that means fun, if that means awesome bouncy balls in your home office, do whatever it takes to make this your best working life possible.
And for the action step this week, of course, go make your work from home checklist. You know, using a checklist and being intentional is the beginning. The more that you optimize it, add to it, improve upon it, the more you can actually make working from home. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.